You're listening to Empire of Rust, the world's first and only Transformers RPG podcast. Join the heroes of Icon as they defend Cybertronian civilization from the remnants of Cybertron First to Lord Starscream's egotistical leadership and beyond to the unknown threats on the other side of distant stars. Previously on Empire of Rust. As yet another candidate throws themselves into the ring for the position of ruler of Cybertron. I think I have made it uh, perfectly clear that I don't consider myself a foreigner any longer. I am merely a latecomer, and uh, this is uh, my what I would consider my second home. But on one of the casualty lists, you see a couple of surprising names. Tremor, Tiltfire, and Seeker Lieutenant Wildstrike of Nyon. I will make you a deal, though. I will get you access to Sandstorm. But in return, I need a favor from you. This is this is a bot that I never thought I'd see again. Usually when I put someone down, they stay dead. Okay, back on Steve Buscemi. I'm going to skip uh, forward just a little bit. Uh, Sweet Spot, you and Steve have had a uh, a conversation, and Steve is about to drop Carapace off uh, at his... at his his recharge lab, at his his home. I imagine you have a a room kind of off in one of the uh, the visitor uh, visitor quarters or something like that. Probably like the only tree on the planet, and all the Yukarns are trying to live in it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yep. I'm sure. I'm sure you've made it feel like home. Well, I'm sure that since there are so many uh, immigrants to Cybertron, that there are actually like, like house design has turned into a, a very interesting field. Mm-hmm. So for you, Karens, you know, they actually have like a, a, a like a recharge place that's more, you know, that that's more organic looking, organic feeling. Mm-hmm. For the Velocitronians, maybe there's like a treadmill in it. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they sleep run they're like, do- they're like dolphins yep. they just keep running <laughs> yep so yeah I imagine your your home is zip <laughs> zip <laughs> zoom <laughs> okay so Steve is uh, dropping you off on the, the corner kind of nearest your house or nearest your uh, your apartment uh, and you start heading because uh, it's it's pretty close to nighttime at this point. It's getting late evening into the into nighttime, and you're and you're heading back to your uh, your home there to maybe uh, rest for the night. You uh, you pass by a couple of con artists selling neck shields. <laughs> hey 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 buddy hey buddy look you wanna you wanna grab a neck shield? It's only ten shanks ten shanks. You just pop it on there, stops those three shells from coming in. Mm, no problem, no problem. Hey hey come on. Ten, ten, ten Chanix? Eight Chanix. Eight, eight? Come on, come on, man, come on. Help a brother out. Do I still have the one on me? <laughs> oh, the one that you did, the, 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 the thing you welded to the back? Yeah. I've, yeah, you can still have it on there. I thought you would have removed it, but... If you uh, want to no, it was, it was yet, more of a can. question. I mean, it was just a, like, you know, we've had oh. a lot of downtime, but we haven't really discussed stuff like that, so... Totally up to you. I guess better safe than sorry. You know, it's not like it's interfering with anything right now, so... I mean, I, I so I I have a shield, <laughs> you know, a neck shield on. So, 
You just point to it. It's like, I already got one, buddy. <laughs> it's like, ah, forget you. You and your low tech. This is, this is a real one. <laughs> you pass by a couple of other kind of like street folks just like hawking like cheap things. Uh, and as you get close to your place, uh, this like, run-down looking bot uh, comes up to you and like almost almost shouting, he comes up to your face like, Repent! Repent! Primus's judgment is upon us. All will be one under Primus's sheltering hand. This world will be transformed. Will you be changed? Will Primus guide you? Will Adaptus bless you? Will Epistemus and Solomus lend you their knowledge? Or will you be led astray by the Dark One? What? What will you do? What will you do? I, I'm sorry. I just walk right by loonies. And <laughs> like, like if, if he comes close to me, I would literally like just like shove him aside. Like I'm not. I don't tolerate that kind of stupidity. <laughs> he he will come right up to you. Uh, go ahead and make a quick attack roll. Melee attack would be uh, 25. <laughs> yep, that is more than enough. You go ahead and shove him out of the way. Falls uh, back to his torso plate, screaming at you. The Dark One has you! Martellus has you in his clutches! The Dark One will... And it just kind of fades off into nothing as you... As you walk away, Mort- Mortillus. Yep. Is that a like I don't know that name? Culture. Uh, you can go ahead and make a culture or mysticism check. Culture it is. Ooh, nineteen. Uh, nineteen plus seven, twenty-six. Oh. Uh, the names that he was saying: Primus, Adaptus, uh, Epistemus, Solomus, and Mortillus are part of a group called the Guiding Hand. Uh, they are effectively uh, transformer gods. Okay. Uh, it it is believed that they like that they are among like the first of the transformers, and they are like effectively religious figures to a lot of uh, to a lot of the colonies. Okay, so there's Primus. I'm assuming that's the origin of Prime. Is there like a a an equivalent of a Prime for each of those entities? Uh, yep. yep. Really? So there's like. So instead of, like, Optimus Prime, it could be, like, Optimus Mortalis or Optimus Epistemist or... Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I I mistook that question for something completely different. Uh, Nope, Primus was... is Primus is revered by all as the the Transformer deity. Okay, so he's, like, the first one, literally, Primus. And how are the rest of... So if if they're the hand, is he the thumb? Uh, that you don't know because a, uh, a culture check is not going to get you that much information. The mysticism would get you a lot totally. more. Okay. So you you understand that he's talking about the guiding hand, but you really can't put together a whole lot about. So them. it sounds like this Mortalis guy is probably the middle finger, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe he's the foot man. Who uh, who in your party has mysticism? Is it uh, just Pythagoras? Pretty sure it's just I think Pythagoras. it's just us. Probably. Alright, well, yeah, crazy, crazy person, and I'll go find a place, and this is one of those things, like, I never really think about, like, what form do I sleep in? Bot form, beetle form, tank form, you know? That's totally up to you, because the idea, like, so the primary mode is is technically considered the bot mode, but your favorite mode is whatever you want it to be. Totally, yeah. You could prefer your, your beetle mode. Right. 100%. In the in the current comics, there are uh, titans that 
that travel the planet, and like they have some of them haven't transformed for centuries because they preferred that mode. Sure, yeah, this is it's totally. I get that. It was just like that was one of those things. Like I'm like, all oh, right, like we can do that. Like you know, like which one do I feel most comfortable in? It's like, well, if you're in a parking lot, you turn into a tank. If you're not, <laughs> you know, <laughs> where are you hanging out? Yep. Uh, so yeah, maybe something to to kind of talk over with uh, Pythagoras when you get the chance. Sure, uh, I will not. I will jot it down. Okay, so you get back to your apartment, and on your front door there is something amiss. There are three vertical slashes with a horizontal fourth one through them. You know that this is a mark of a threat. To kind of put it in in terms that we can understand, I want you to to imagine if like you got like you got home one day and then someone had like a picture of your kid like stabbed to your front door with a knife through it. There is no way you would interpret that as anything other than a threat against your kid's life. Totally. This is kind of the reverse of that. Whoever put this mark on your door is indicating that they see you as a threat to their life. Interesting strategy. <laughs> okay. Does this does this particular is there like a, a particular symbolism? Like you're like, oh, is this something that only the the cockroaches of Damadu you know <laughs> use or you know? They prefer Robocock. Go ahead and give me another culture check. The Shrybats, the, the Shrybats of Dramadon. Uh, oh, man. Uh, 18. What, 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 uh, what skill is it? I'm sorry. Culture. Culture. Okay, then that is a uh, 25. Uh, this is typically used by the Fur Walkers of Eucharist. Fur Walkers of Eucharist. Is the fact that it's... So there's four, four vertical slashes, but one of them has a horizontal through it, or... Three verticals yep. with a fourth one, and the fourth one is horizontal through those three. Okay, so it's like it's just like we would normally do, like the one, two, three, four, and then five is the slash, but instead of four lines, it's three. Exactly. Okay. It's more like three strikes and you're out, kid. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know that the fur walkers have used like the three slashes to determine that, like, okay, this is my territory, or you know, like this is my property, kind of thing. But when you add the fourth one in there, it, it changes the meaning dramatically. Right. Okay. Um, I mean, just because it's my instinct, <clears throat> can I make a uh, perception or survival check to see if I can determine, like, what was here? Like, can I smell anything? Is there actual, like, you know, electro fur on the, the door handle? Absolutely. Give me a survival check. Survival. I think a question. What does the what does what does the beast former's fur feel like? It's like steel wool, or it could be, and it could be as soft as a baby's bottom. <laughs> uh, I have a fifteen. I did not roll very well on that one. Hmm. Okay. Uh, well, you do. So you you do find like little bits of fur. Uh, it is gray fur, and you see like little. The occasional little scratch or so, kind of off to the side of your of your home, uh, and you think you can kind of track it down a little bit. It's it really is tough though. So uh, I want you to give me one more survival check. Okay, let's hope this one's a little bit better. Oh, natural twenty, booyah! Um, okay, so that is a thirty-one. Bam! Yeah. I'm, I'm decent. I'm, no, I'm not decent at this. I'm good at this. <laughs> 
So the trail was tough to to get a hold of at the start, but as you are uh, examining the area and looking very carefully, you see, uh, you, you can kind of follow the trail of gray furs, like little small ones here and there, and you think that whatever is doing this is intentionally not making it hard to follow. So whatever whatever did this, you think they actually want you to know where they are. They want you to come to them. Okay. Give me one last survival check. Uh, 17 plus 11, 28. So you follow it through Iacon, and you're starting to get close to some place you're familiar with. It's at, It seems like it's leading you back to Iacon Plaza. You remember that first plaza way back on episode one where the uh, the uh, Cybertron first bombing took place? Yep. And the, build, the, build, the building fell down and stuff. It's of course all been rebuilt and the, the plaza is, is pristine now. It's really, really good shape. Uh, but it seems like it's leading you back there. Follow the follow the trail. You get to the plaza. You carefully take a look around before entering the the, the open area. And off in the distance, kind of in the shadows, you see a pair of glowing eyes. Now I'm going to come back to you in just one second. Oh, Wild Strike, you are on your way back from. Uh, Starscream's prison flying overhead. It is dark out right now, but you spot Carapace moving into Iacon Plaza. Okay. Give me a a perception check. Perception. 18. You can see that there's some movement in the shadows ahead of uh, Carapace. Like unusual movement? Or just like people moving about? Uh, whatever it is, it's kind of like deep in the shadows, and it looks like it's like moving towards Carapace, but very slowly, and it looks like Carapace has seen it, and okay. is moving towards it. Uh, I'll, uh, ping him on the comms. Heads up, Carapace, I got eyes in the sky. You got some shadow figure moving towards you, it looks like. Where the hell did you come from? Uh, oh, that's an interesting <laughs> story, I'll tell you later. Well, first, um, a, a, mom, a mother bot and a father bot love each other very much. <laughs> um, are, you, are you the one right in front of me? Uh, yeah, I see it. Thank you, though. All right. I'll keep an eye out in case there are any others. I appreciate that. All right, Carapace, what do you want to do? I walk towards it. You hear growling coming from the thing in front of you. You ruined my chance. My one chance to prove myself. The Fate Weavers told me my one shot to be someone, to rise above my station, and to become a part of something bigger. All I had to do was follow you and I'd be someone. But no, I waited at the bombing site. I waited right here, eager to prove myself, and you never showed up. Carapace, I challenge you to one-on-one combat to prove which of us is the strongest. Make a sense motive uh, and a culture. Okay. So, uh, typically with sense motive, I get a bonus against non-Yukarans. I'm assuming I do not get that bonus. 
Correct. in this case. Okay. Uh, then my sense motive is only a nine. And my culture is an eight. Great, great time to roll a natural one. <laughs> oh, so you uh-oh. can't tell if he's trying to be funny yeah. or not. <laughs> uh, yeah, as far as you know, everything here is exactly as it seems. He is about to challenge you to one-on-one combat. I think you'll be a lot happier if you don't listen to the Fate Weavers. Go ahead and roll for initiative. Um, I got a 14. I get an 11. And my guy gets a 4. Alright. Well, alright, Carapace, lead us off there. Well, I have no interest in, in fighting this person. Uh, can I tell, are they in their uh, animal form or are they in their bot form at the moment? They are in their animal form. And what is their animal form? It is a gray wolf. Of course. Okay, perfect. Um, <laughs> Don't worry, Adam. You're not fighting him. <laughs> I know, but it seems like a, a thing that all the enemies now are NPCs and enemies are canine. Uh, you just need those tennis balls. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Um, I will uh, just take like a step up to here just to get ready, and I'm going to call my pike into my hand, and I'm going to ready to receive a charge. Sounds good to me. All right. It's only your pike now. <laughs> what did I say? You said you were calling your pike to your hand, but wasn't that originally? Yes, it was somebody else's pike. Ze- Zephyr, yes. Zephyr's, Zephyr's yeah. pike. Wild strike. Yep. Um, I'm assuming that I heard part of the conversation, and I know that they're doing a one-on-one combat thing. I won't interfere. Um, but I will keep an eye out around the area, just in case anybody else tries to jump in. Sounds good to me. All right. Well, my guy is going to go, and he is going to charge right up to you, because he is a mad boy. Uh, here is a weird thing, though. He has an ability to not provoke attacks of opportunity on his charge. Okay. Now, what does uh, what does bracing for the char- uh, bracing for the charge do for you? So typically, what it means is like, you know, oh, so that's interesting because normally it's like, okay, if somebody charges, the movement provokes an attack of opportunity, and then I do like double damage to them because like I brace for the for it. Don't you essentially ready an action for it? It is. I mean, it's a, it's it's effectively readying an action, but it's like a special thing because it's like if you're bracing, set to, setting to receive a charge, it's just like. If you hit them as when that when they're doing their charge, you do double damage. Is really what it comes down to. But if they don't, is it provoking required though? I don't think. See, I don't know. That's actually that's one of the things I'm not certain about. I thought it was sort of like a you move. You did a ready action to attack when they charge you. You know. Yeah. Like so, in that regards, like regardless of whether or not they charge, like if I just said, "Hey, I, I'm going to attack him when he comes in," that will go off. But whether or not. Like, if I declare I'm setting to receive a charge, and if he doesn't provoke when he charges, I don't know the, the precedent on that. The charging usually provokes? It's a weird order of operation. Normally it does. Charging you wouldn't usually provoke. You wouldn't get the extra free attack from provoking, but you would get your normal uh, attack that you have 
prepared in advance. Right. So my my attack of opportunity I wouldn't get, but I would get my set to receive the charge. I'm okay with that. Okie dokie. And then I hit a tactical pike. Um, uh, That is only a 20. That's going to be a miss. Okay. Uh, does he have a he has a penalty for um, uh, charging? Not with this ability. Okay. This ability removes pen, removes the charges for penalties uh, and stops the attack uh, prevents attacks of opportunity, but it does not grant any additional damage or anything like okay. that or any additional to hit. Then I miss. It's like rushing charge or ferocious charge or something. Sure. Okay, you miss, which means it is now. Or oh, nope, it, this that was actually part of the charge, so he is going to uh, try to take a bite at you. Gonna try to take a bite out of Carapace. <laughs> 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 I knew you were going there. <laughs> and it is going to be a 30 to hit on the bite. Ooh, that is a big one. And he hits me. And the damage is going to be 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 bludgeoning and piercing damage. As he just chomps down on your arm. Chomp, chomp. Chompity chomp. Chomples. All right, Carpus, you're up. I'm just like, dude, I have no beef with you. I don't want to hurt you. You should have thought of that before you abandoned me. Actually, now that you've bitten me. You sort of want to hurt him now. (laughs) Yeah. Of course, that ends up sounding like... (laughs) (laughs) So you never, like, walked up and introduced me, and you consider that to be abandonment? You're dumb. Apparently you need to be put down. Does he... uh, He doesn't leave the area? He doesn't, like, spring attack out? Uh, No, he does not. Okay. Because the the charge was the, the... the charge was the full action, so he doesn't have any more movement after that. Right. Ready? The rolled-up newspaper. Okay. <laughs> Whack! Bad dog. Right. Uh, I am going to uh, take a shot at him. Uh, two shots, actually. So he gets a, an attack Aww. of opportunity because I'm using a ranged weapon. You're going to shoot the it. dog? Oh. Yeah. I'm going to get a little sound effect of a puppy getting hit. Don't worry, there'll be another one. Uh, 31 on the attack of opportunity. Okay, so he hits. Damn. He's like one quarter your size. You gonna go out and club baby seals after this, too? <laughs> Another 10 points of bludgeoning and piercing damage. Um, okay, so my first hit is. Or first attack, pardon. Is a. <laughs> Awfully assumptive of. I know, <laughs> assumptive right? of you, have you said it? <laughs> Is a 23 to hit. That is a hit. Awesome. And then seven higher. So that's not a threat, unfortunately, or crit, but it's a it's definitely a hit. Pretty um, close though. And I get to roll some higher dice than I've ever done before. So Ooh, how many dice you rolling? I am rolling. Ooh, that sounds good. Four dice. Ooh. Um pretty mediocre damage, unfortunately. Uh, okay, so that is. 17 with the first attack and 11 with the second attack. Uh, Electricity and fire. Boom and boom. Okay, so yes, good. You hit my guy here. 
And that would bring it up to Wild Strike. Do I see anything about? Call down to Carapace. And that looks like it hurt a bit. Uh, let me know if you want me to jump in. I will. Thank you. And I'll just keep flying around, making sure nobody else is coming in. Back to my guy's name is Wolfang. Wolfang's turn. Two two Fs or one? One F. I haven't heard that name before. Sounds like a metal band. I was going to say Amadeus. <laughs> Maybe a couple of misses on this one. So he's going to take a full attack. Claw, claw, bite. Wolf with claws, huh? Interesting. So on the bite, 29. Uh, hit. First claw, 24. That's a miss. Second claw, nat 20. Well, you know the answer to that. So... Normal hit on the bite, a miss on the claw, and double on the second claw. So the bite is going to be 15 points of damage, bludgeoning and piercing. And the claw is going to get you 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 slashing damage. Nope, I'm sorry, that needs to be doubled. So that's 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. 17 on that one. And that brings it back to your turn, Carapace. I'd ask you how you're doing, but I'm sure that you're not even into, like, you're, you're barely, not even halfway down on stamina, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good for a while. <laughs> um, and same as before, hitting with my... Uh, so I guess the question is, uh, did, did he seem to be properly hurt by my attack? Did, like he didn't have like damage reduction or anything? It seems like everything went through. Okay. His big dumb ass. Um, and that is two misses. Double five. You can make an intelligence check if you'd like. Ten. We'd all like him to do that. <laughs> Nothing seems unusual here. Okay, wild strike. Yeah, I'm just uh, flying around watching. I want you to make an intelligence check as well. Oh, damn. I don't know, you rolled pretty high last time. 16. Hey. You recognize the name. The name Wolfang. Okay. Uh, back when you were investigating the bombing, uh, one of you had asked the ministers for us for someone to come in and and help track down uh, like the chemical residue of the bomb mm-hmm. and the minister one of the ministers I forget who it was I, I think it might have been Starscream I uh, said yes we'll get a bot named Wolfang to meet you at the site and he will help you out and then we just didn't. This is all because we just didn't show up. You're going to have to, maybe when this is over, talk to him and find out. <laughs> we did that and didn't show up. That's great. <laughs> well, I don't know if we we really had an appointment. I mean, or we did, we probably just forgot because we forgot half the stuff we arranged in that well, meeting. I think <laughs> shortly after that, you picked up the the, uh, the super sniffer, the camelizer or whatever. Yeah. Yep. So we didn't really need them. <laughs> <laughs> we never let him know. Well, thanks. Actually, just been sitting there for the past three months. <laughs> they said they were going to be right there. <laughs> In just one more I'll, hour. I'll relay that down to Carapace. 
this guy takes appointments real seriously. All right, he's going to do the same thing as before. Uh, he's going to try to hit you with a bite for a 37. You know what my armor class is. Actually, I don't, because it has changed since your uh, your update. So what is it? Okay, 27. Oh, okay. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. So I hit you right on that time. Excellent. So a hit on the bite. Now you said uh, you said 37, right? 37, yes. 37. So 37 is 10 higher than my armor class. Still beat you. Yes. <laughs> uh, the claw is coming at you for a 24, which is probably a miss. And the second claw is coming at you for a 26, which is also a miss. So two misses on the claws. That's unfortunate. But the bite still chomps down on you. And that Damage one, on the bite. And that was not a crit? That was not a crit. Okay. That is going to be 13 points of damage on the bite. On the bite! I waited for you! This was supposed to be my chance! My time to shine! That's what the Fate Weavers told me! Told you. Stop listening to Fate Weavers. Last time they told me what to do, I killed them. I don't know whose judgment was worse in that case. <laughs> Go ahead and make an intimidate check on that one. I can do that. I'm good at this. Uh, oh, that was a good one. Uh, that is a 29. 29? Uh, he he kind of like he perks up at that, where he kind of like, like, like backs, backs his head up a minute in surprise. Like, you did what? They tried to force their fates upon me. I told them no. They kept coming. I kept telling them no. They didn't listen, so I burned down their temple and killed them. No one tells me what my fate is. You should take my, you should follow that. Waiting around for someone you've never met? I mean, who does that? Live your life. Because if you keep this up, I'm going to put you down permanently. Go ahead and make a sense motive. Check. Please. Four. <laughs> uh, he's... Looks like he's still going to attack. Okay. So I can have my attack now? Yep, go for it. Bring it, bitch. Two misses. Go. Two misses? Three and a five. How are you rolling How are you rolling so low? Threes and fives. He's got a high armor class. Three, th- three fives and a three in the last four attacks. Oh, man. That is rough. Okay, coming at you. Uh, the bite is going to be a 37 again, so the bite's going to hit. Uh, the first claw is a 27 exactly, and the second claw is a natty one. So, total of 10, 11, uh, 14 damage on the bite. 14 on the bite, and 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 on... I'm sorry, 11 on the first claw. And he attempts to, to swing at you with that second claw there, uh, but it just kind of glances off your armor uh, and gets kind of gets a, a little bit stuck in the uh, in the ground there for a moment. So he is going to be penalized on his next attack. Bring it. This is the opportunity to to take it down. Oh, okay. Well, one of those is a natural twenty, so that's good. Uh, the other one is going to be close, though. Uh, so that is a 
22. A 22 is a hit. Exactly. Okay, beautiful. Um, then my crit is... Oh, this is nice. 15, 20, 30, 42. <laughs> oh, God. And he gets 2d4 burn. Oh, man. Which, at least for the first round, is 4. And then the second hit is 9 plus 6 is 15 more. All right, Wild Strike. How are you going to follow that big-ass hit up, huh? There you go. Stop playing with him. I'm <laughs> 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 just going to you know, circle around again. Just make sure nobody else is coming in. All right. Beginning of Wolfang's turn, you said four damage, right? Correct. Wolfang goes into a rage and is biting and clawing and snarling at you. That is going to be on the bite. A a 36 on the bite. Uh, one claw, straight 30. And the second claw uh, is going to be a 23, 24, 25. 26, 27. 27. So he, all three will hit. He has a penalty from his mistake last round. Uh, yes, he does, actually. So the last claw then will not hit. Try his damnedest to bring you down. 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 damage on the bite. Bludgeoning and piercing. Bludgeoning and piercing. 1, 2, th- minimum damage. Uh, 6 damage on the claw. Okay. Oh, my reflex save? Uh, not 1. So, I'm still on fire. Okay. <laughs> Good. He should be. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to fly upwards. With your new rocket pack? Mm-hmm. And then take a shot at him from 30 feet. Uh, will that provoke? Um, Moving. Tip- yeah. Typically it does. I think in this case, be- like if I had, if it was part of like my form, which it's not, then it would not. But because it's just a rocket pack, it would. Rolled a nat one, so it doesn't matter. Okay. Second nat one in a row. Uh, So, well, since I'm only making one attack, that means it's more likely to hit. So that is a uh, 27. That is a hit. Okay. And he takes uh, 20 electricity and fire damage. 20 electricity and fire. Okay. And at the beginning of his turn, he will take seven more burn damage. Mighty blow, mighty blow. <laughs> Wild strike. Yep, just continuing to circle around. Take seven more. Uh, he looks like he is on a little bit of his last leg on this one. Uh, he's uh, He will jump up and attempt to bite you, but I don't think he has the ability to jump that high. Okay, so. he, he's not charged. <laughs> well, does he get within uh, 15 feet of me? How high up did you fly? Uh, 30 feet. I would say he can jump maybe 10 at most, so no. Okay. He jump. He jumps up, takes like a snarling bite at you like at the height of his jump, and it's just way underneath. Right. Well, I figured I'd, I'd try to get, you know, he's raging and he's showing he's eating animals, so just like letting him burn while I float above him seems <laughs> tactically sound. Okay. 
Carapace. Um, he gets a, so at the end of his round, he gets to make another saving throw. And I believe he gets a plus two. I got a nat 20 on that one. Okay, so he's no longer burning. Two ones and two twenties in this combat. That's pretty badass. All right, Carapace. Okay, well, I need to spend an action floating, like a move action to float, otherwise I will fall. So I'm just going to uh, float up another 10 feet and take a shot at him. Do it. Do it to it. Uh, That is a 29. That is a hit. Beautiful. And I do... Even, Even easier because his AC is down. 13 plus 6. So that's 19 electricity and fire depth. And Wolfang is down. Okay. Put the dog down. Well, that was dumb. You lower yourself down to the the ground next Mm -hmm. to Wolfang. I take a quick examination of him, and you can see that he is not dead. Uh, it looks like he stabilized himself, but he is certainly out for the count. If you hang around for a few minutes to wait until Wolfang wakes up, he will come back to consciousness. He will look up at you, put his head down, lie down on the ground, and he will say, You, you have won. My life is yours. And just for the, the sake of culture on this one, I will, uh, as as he's doing this and kind of prostrating himself before you, you realize that this was a, a fight for dominance. Whoever, it, it's understood that whomever loses would be subservient to whomever the winner is. <laughs> God. You owe the life in plague to Husumusen? Uh-huh. No. <laughs> I owe I owe the life debt. Yes. I owe the life debt. It's like, okay. Tomorrow, I'm going to be walking around with this guy that's all shiny. I want you to come up and bite him. <laughs> shiny guy? Yeah, he goes by sweet spot. <laughs> I'm kidding, but that would be funny. Uh, <laughs> I I can do that. I, I know. You, I would totally do that. Yeah. He, he doesn't like wolves. Um, <laughs> no, you're 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 very fierce. But I am not your enemy, and I am not your master. You know, your life is yours. Apparently, you just like having other people tell you what to do, which that's fine. But don't do it around me. <laughs> is there anything else? Wolfie is free. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm about to go to sleep. If you need a place to stay, you're welcome to come back, but... I could use a place to stay. Okay, follow me. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you, you know where I live. <laughs> rent in three months. I was like, you know, where, I know, you know where I live, so you scratched my door up. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, it's okay. So, like, he, he almost brought me to, hit, to actual hit point damage. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. That is fierce. We we gotta talk about his uh, his build afterwards. He was nasty. Do you understand why he was attacking you? No, I don't really. Yeah, I know why he was attacking. Because Mike had to put in a combat into the episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, but well, I mean, like he we'll was he was hitting me effortlessly. I mean, like that's the like I'm <laughs> I'm used to just being able to be like, okay, no one can hit me. I mean, like we'll we'll we'll, we'll get to it. Don't worry, we'll talk about that. That it's, his build is actually pretty amazing. 
Magnum and Pythagoras. Yes. So, Pythagoras, it takes you some time to kind of find your footing after a wild strike leaves you, uh, the speeds of which would make you nauseous if you had a stomach. Uh, but luckily, uh, you have some time to kind of to kind of walk off the uh, <laughs> the uh, the the vertigo from his his maneuver, getting you guys to Central Archive. Uh, it takes you about an hour or so, and you try to start kind of looking into the stellar, stellar cartography, but you really don't make too much of a progress before uh, Wild Strike calls you over to help him out with some uh, with with some computer uh, some computer stuff. Uh, he, it's just not his thing, you know. Uh-huh. But after the two of you uh, split ways. Uh, you two, Magnum and Pythagoras, head back to the top floor of the Central Archive. Uh, you recognize that it, it's probably going to take a, a good amount of time in order to to research what you need to. So you head up to the top floor to the Stellar Cartography section. Over the last few weeks, you've tried to make sense out of QuickSwitch's notes on the Data Crystal, but... These ancient Cybertronian explorers didn't use the same coordinate system to map the stars as you do today. Which is why, when the opportunity to examine ancient star charts, once gathered over the last several million years, presents itself, you jumped at it. Uh, Even if it did mean subjecting yourself to wild strikes flying. (laughs) (laughs) So this takes you several hours to, to go through. But I want you to first make a culture check. Alrighty. So the first thing you're going to do is you're going to see if you can track down Quick Switch's movements over the course of the war. So, uh, that is a 32. Is that a, is that a crit for you? Is that 20? Uh, I don't think so. Um, I rolled a 15. And then I had an assist of, an assist of 2. Oh, from, uh, from Magnum? Yep. I really like the fact that his different personalities can aid another himself. I think that's wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm really going to like this. (laughs) Alright, so you track through all of the all the movements you can find for Quick Switch during the war. He was stationed at Omphalos, the Autobot Orbital Command Hub, when the war moved off of Cybertron and turned into a, a, a war of attrition throughout the stars. Nearly every report in this sector of space crossed his desk, and he must have heard a rumor that the Scarvixians came in contact with an ancient crystal and surmised what it was. Magnum and Pythagoras, what I want you to do is I want you to start making some physical science rules. Now, the way this is going to work is in order to track the position of... Uh, Star Runner, over the course of his exploration, you are going to need to hit 10 successful uh, physical science checks. But the thing is, the DC is going to increase as time goes along. So what's going to happen is you might be able to hit the first one, two, or three right now. But you think that it's you're going to need to, to kind of work with that and um, and like as your your skills improve, that will be how you find out all this information. Okay, so maybe in the future, as, I, as my skill ranks go up, I come back and learn more. Exactly. So I, what I want you to do is to keep track of how many successes you have. You need a total of 10 successes. 
So what I want you to do now is keep on ruling physical science, and then we'll stop once you uh, get your first failure. And then that's kind of where you you are for now. And that will present you some information uh, as to the path that Starrunner took. Hey, so remind me again, Starrunner. I think the name slipped by me. Starrunner was the uh, the bot that you saw in Quickswitch's notes, and Quickswitch believes that the the data crystal that he has, the binding crystal mm-hmm. that's that that you that you stole, was the was Starrunner's data core. Okay, I got you. Okay, like essentially the uh, like the like the almost like the storage module, like the data storage module of an ancient Cybertronian. Okay, yeah, makes sense. All right. I think I slipped on the name there. All right, let's let's get it rolling. So that is a thirty-seven. Wow, is that Max at least? <laughs> well, that was Max for Pythagoras. Mag um, theoretically could do slightly more, but uh, this is probably close to Max for Max complete, complete Max. Thirty-seven is is more than enough. So yes, absolutely. So that's victory number one. Give me roll number two. Okay, 33. 33 is also a success. Keep it going. 24. All right, 24 is going to be a miss. All right. So pretty close, though. Two so successes, close. then. All right. Let's write that down somewhere. That is two successes out of the 10 that you need. All right, so over the course of several hours, you find the oldest star chart in the database and compare the flowery description of the worlds from the data crystal to the worlds listed on that chart. It is very slow and painful work, but after several hours, you think you're starting to make some progress. All right. So the path that Starrunner took uh, started from Cybertron and headed galactic east from there. The first place that he makes mention of is a planet called Hedonia. Oh dear. The next place is a planet called Temptoria. And then the third place is what you have come to realize is Scarvix. I see. Jeez. So those are the first three places that you that you know that Star Runner got to. Where he went from there, you don't know. He could uh, have made a U-turn and started heading backwards. Maybe he headed uh, galactic, uh, or maybe he headed coreward. Maybe he headed rimward. Maybe galactic east. You're not quite certain. So okay, but I'm pretty probably pretty sure he didn't leave the crystal at Scarvix at this moment. No, you don't think so. There's more information there that you're just not able to, to translate yet. So you think that he, Starner probably did come all the way around and return to Cybertron at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as where, uh, as far as where Quick Switch got a hold of the uh, his his data crystal, you're not quite certain. All right, and there's a place called Gigliopolis. Yeah, Gigliopolis, Lovetopia, and Cudlex. They are the three most horrifying planets in the galaxy. I was going to say, is, it like, is that like the, uh, the Skitterman or Homeworld? Search for some of these names on the TF Wiki. It, it's an incredibly crazy universe you guys live in. He, I mean, Hedonia and Temptora, too. Yeah, he are, is. Are you, are you, so, like, they're actually he bad is. places? Okay. Yes. 
Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like what? One of them is like a like a cannibal planet or something. Ah, like Im- Immatura as well. Immatura, Hedonia, and Temptora. I mean, they definitely have evocative names. Mm-hmm. All right, so all right, I will record all this information um, in our own data stores. And I guess I'll have to do more research elsewhere until I can learn more to come back to try to translate this. Can I copy all the information so I can study it elsewhere, or we'll have to come back here each time? Uh, you think that with all the time you spent, you can uh, copy all the stuff that you found. Okay. So, yeah. So I have the I have all what I need to know, but I don't understand it all yet. So. Exactly. All right. It's it's kind of like if you have to go through a database and rename like every file like by hand. Yep. <laughs> Why haven't I shot myself in the face yet? <laughs> is there is I know this isn't quite what I was looking for at this moment, um, but I'm also interested in the harmonium, and uh, this is something that's important. Really going to be important. So, is there any information here about that, or will I have to come back at a different time? Uh, you think you'll have to come back at a different time? It's taken you pretty much the entire day to uh, to deal with just this, and okay. you feel that this is kind of like the more important thing at the moment. Well, certainly personally, it's important. Although I'm concerned about... I haven't forgotten that there could be... Someone's probably going to invade us soon, so... But, uh... All right. Uh, we're going to jump over to a sweet spot for just a moment. So, Steve Basemi drops you off. And you're actually fairly close to the Central Archive... And as you are walking by, uh, a ship, a familiar-looking ship, touches down just outside the building. You recognize the ship is diurnal, and she lands, and Hardtop disembarks, heading into the Central Archive. What would you like to do? Hmm. Well, uh, looking around, does it look like, uh... She might be here for me. Uh, it doesn't look like it. Looks like she was transporting Hardtop, and Hardtop doesn't seem to be interested in you, if he even saw you. Hmm. Did, didn't well, you have a date with Diurnal? <laughs> I don't believe so. At least uh, not something we we ever set in stone. Yeah, he didn't call her back, scoundrel. I don't believe anyone gave me her comp code. I think she gave it to you. So what do you want to do there, sweets? Uh, well, are they kind of in my path, or where I'm going? Uh, no, no. Like, you would actually have to go ahead and, and go to them if you wanted to. Uh, all I'm saying is that you, you saw Diurnal Land, and Hardtop is going into the Central Archive. Oh, okay. Well, then, uh, I suppose we know each other in passing acquaintance. It would be rude for me not to go say hello. So I will, uh, go and say hello. I'm sure you also know that Magnum is in the Central Archive. I know that? I'm sure he would have told you. Keep I'm you guys sure a- he would have told me. Keep you guys apprised of what all of you are doing. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. I'll, uh, I'll, uh, hustle on over there. Zippity, zip, zip, zoo. Zip, zoo, zippity, zip, zip, zoo. <laughs> hey! So Hardtop has entered the uh, has already entered the Central Archive. Uh, Diurnal is outside. He's like, "Hey there, Finnybot." I will uh, <laughs> incidentally turn on my comms and say, "Diurnal, is it 
isn't it? You know it. And uh, that fell that just went into the uh, uh, the archives building. That was uh, Hardtop, was it not? I'm sure you know who he is. Okay, okay. You know, I've I've met a lot of bots in these uh, last few cycles. It's, it's kind of hard to keep up, you know, political lifestyle and all. How are you doing, girl? I'm doing very well. I just heard that you're in the running for leader of Cybertron. Well, a uh, change in management, uh, uh, I believe, is perhaps a little bit overdue. And a fresh perspective for a, a fresh, thriving world like like Cybertron could be a good thing for everybody. Everybody. And you said you turned your comms on? I did, when I was mentioning all that specifically. You are X and he is X going into Y. <laughs> so, How, Magnum, Why does that sound so dirty? <laughs> <laughs> so, Magnum, I, you, your comm turns on and Sweet Spot's talking, but it doesn't seem like he's talking to you. Uh, do I hear what he says? Yeah, but it is... Your comm turns on, you hear Sweet Spot, but it doesn't sound like Sweet Spot's talking to you specifically. It sounds like he's talking to someone else and you're eavesdropping on it. Well, I do that all the time anyway, so... <laughs> uh, what did you say? <laughs> I knew it! You hear him mention uh, Diurnal is right outside and that... Uh, and that uh, Hardtop is entering the Central Archive, where you are right now. Time to find the fire exit. I have a tracker on me, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's that's why they knew you were there. Exactly. I actually had to listen back to a couple episodes to see if you took it off, and you you didn't. You made mention of it. No, I didn't. I didn't. No, I I actually didn't plan to take it off, so that's fine. So it's not like I forgot. Uh, okay, so you pack up all your stuff as quick as possible and head on over to the emergency exit. Uh, you start heading down the stairs rather than the elevator, and wouldn't you know, heading up the elevator. Good day to you, Magnum. I trust you are doing well. Hey there, hard top. Nice to see you. You must be exceptionally proud being one of the heroes of Iacon. Uh, well, I mean, that stuff's a little overrated, you know. I mean, just job, doing my stuff, getting really lucky, that sort of thing. Yes, that's great, but I'm not really interested. What I am interested <laughs> in is our agreement. Hey, you brought your it up. Our mission is complete, and I graciously gave you the time to put your affairs in order. You're going to start using up those air quotes, man, if you keep, keep burning them like that. <laughs> I splurge for the extra air quotes upgrade. All right, well, I mean, I did agree to it, you know, and I'm not going to give you any trouble. Just let me uh, fill in uh, my my pals where I'll be going um, and see if they want to come along for the ride. But uh, I will not, uh, I'm not going to fight you on this. I'm about of my word sometimes. I intend to leave for Scarvix tomorrow, and per our agreement, I expect you to be ready to go. All right, where where should I meet you? Uh, He actually, he gives you the uh, coordinates uh, in the location for the landing pad that Diurnal is registered to. 
uh, and expects you to to go there. Oh, yeah, because she's spaceworthy, isn't she? So. I'll say she is. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to say it was nice to meet you here. But you'd be lying, wouldn't you? I don't lie. <laughs> All right. Uh, and with that, because you didn't uh, offer any resistances or anything to, to Hardtop, he's not going to try and fight you or to do anything to you like that. So, yeah. The four of you have wrapped up your kind of individual things for uh, for right now, and you I imagine you all come back together either at uh, one bot's apartment or at the uh, the ISS building. Probably your offices in the ISS building, and meet up and just make certain that everyone is updated on uh, everything that is is going on and everything that uh, has happened over the course of the day. But while you're in your office uh, debriefing everyone, the comms light up. And uh, have we really agreed to like who like who is any any kind of leader here? Like who would uh, like if someone's contacting like all of you? Like who would be the the one to answer? Sweet spot. Yeah, probably sweet spot. He's the only one that actually sweet gives spot? a shit enough to do that. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, he better. He probably better if he answers than Magnum, because Magnum certainly will answer if no one else decides to yeah, do so. I, I think Con- Magnum would like to answer, considering he is the communications <laughs> equipment as well. So yeah. <laughs> the comm channel uh, lights up, and sweet spot. You take responsibility for it and head on over to answer it. On screen is Starscream, and he gives you the dirtiest look he possibly can. Mr. President. Candidate Sweet Spot. Always a pleasure to take your call. Enough with the pleasantries. I have a mission for the four of you. Minister Bulkhead has come across a signal for an as-of-yet undiscovered space bridge. The space bridge is located near Dramadon in a system called Dakerma, deep in Galactic Council territory. It is about halfway in between Scarvix and Velocitron. I need the four of you to go with Bulkhead and his engineering team to make certain that they stay safe. It's against my better judgment, but you can take the Steel Haven as your ship, as there is no space bridges nearby. And he kind of gives you a pointed look there, uh, Wildstrike. I'll nod, and I'll say, I'll nod, I'll nod and look to a sweet spot. I think we should, I think we should go there. Go there? Mm-hmm. For Starscream. I'll go give the, uh... to protect the bots. I'll put my finger up to the screen. Hold on one moment, please, Mr. President. And I'll give uh, Magnum the 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 cut it short signal to to mute it. Don't you dare put me on 
<laughs> and you can see him like screaming at you. <laughs> I'll, I'll give him the I'll yeah. give him the four second hold music loop. <laughs> we value your call. <sighs> hold on just a second before our next operator will return to you. La 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 la. We value your call. We'll be right with you. You're currently number. Two thousand and twenty. Watch right. There are at least a dozen reasons why we don't want to work for this Joker again. A few of which you actually know. Oh, I understand. But there's a little bit more to this than he's letting on. Are you saying there's more than meets the eye? At the least, we should agree to go, even if you feel like we shouldn't go. Well, I really can't. I happen to be running against this bot, you know. This uh, this puts a huge crimp in my political career currently. And traveling all the halfway to, to Velostron? Know how long that's going to take? Do you know uh, how useful it would be to be the first person to discover a new space bridge in an entire new field of voters? However, Carapace makes a very good point. <laughs> All right, but if I do this for you, Wildstrike, you need to do something for me. Sweetie, sweetie, you will have saved the lives of millions of registered voters. <laughs> All right, he's out, you're in. <laughs> Is this true? Yes, this president has no dick. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll give the uh, the okay symbol to Magnus. And one more thing. Yeah, yeah. Mr. President, <laughs> I hate to interrupt you, but I will. Uh, we have uh, chosen to accept your mission, and even though we're sure you're going to disavow us if we should fail it, uh, we will carry on regardless. Thank you so much for the personal call. And we appreciate your service to the to the whole of Cybertron for as long as it lasts. And I'll cut him off. <laughs> <laughs> That's one you owe me, Wild Strike. That's fine. I'll tell you about it later. Excellent. Uh, over the course of the, the rest of the night, uh, you'll get confirmation from uh, Bulkhead, uh, along with his engineering team. Uh, you will get the clearance codes for the Steel Haven, uh, for that to, to be your ship, at least for now. And the uh, departure time for the Steel Haven is set for, uh, set for tomorrow. Uh, Magnum, I imagine you want to uh, contact Hardtop and just let him know that, yes, you'll, you're still going to be going, uh, but he's welcome to join the rest of you on board the Steel Haven, because he's not going to want to let you out of his sight. Yeah, we'll go to Scarvex via whatever other direction this is in. What are we um, going to do about um, Legionnaire? Well, he's back in, He's back at work, isn't he? That's what I assume. But I mean, so like in the future, are we going to be able to do, you know, get some alloy action on? Or are we just aloe? <laughs> oh no, I burned! Time to combine! Oh, that's wow. Hello, we'll soothe your burns. Hello, hello, hello. If we're going on any kind of a mission that uh, Star Scream puts us on, I'm sure there's danger involved. I mean, I'm sure he wouldn't mind, you know, a corpse uh, 
of me coming back instead of the actual bot in all my glory. I mean, could we substitute a sturdy piece of furniture? You know, I, don't... I think he might take offense to that. <laughs> I mean, obviously, like, Legionnaire is his own person, and, and he can go where the hell he wants, but I just, you know, from there. Yeah. Let, me, let me talk to Zaron and uh, see how we can uh, fare without him if Legionnaire would like to accompany us. You know, a little field trip, a little, little time away from home. Vacation, if you will. Before we, uh, before we get back on board that, uh, that big old monstrous shipper of Star Screams, I would really, really like it if you could check it over for any bombs. Call me paranoid, but I have a feeling Star Scream is looking to get rid of me. Consider it done, sweet spot. Consider it done. No, I agree with you, paranoid. <laughs> I think that's actually a very smart thing to do. Oh, and uh, you probably don't need to worry about Star Screaming in the upcoming election. Why is that? I prefer not to tell you right are now. Are we planning on? But uh, just are in we case. planning on doing something with a little piece of information that we all found out about? I don't know. Depends on how close the election gets. Does he know that we know? No, he doesn't. I don't know, know that he so. knows that we know. But once he knows that we know, then you know, you know. <laughs> but what do you know? <laughs> what do we know? I don't know. Wait, do you know what we know? He knows what we know. We all know what we know. Wild Strike does not know what we know. know. He does not know what we know. Wild Strike was not there? No. Okay. No, he does not know. I will fill you in, Wild Strike, Hmm. but not in this easily buggable office. Just so that you can be in the know, you know? Yes. No. Let's find a uh, quiet place to talk then. All right. That's a good plan. Space is, space is quiet. I also can't talk in space. In space, no one can hear you chat. <laughs> Magnum? Yeah? Front and center, sir. Oh, dear. This is never good. In recognition for your entirely selfless service in all things that you do, I would like to present you with this token of my appreciation, and I will hand him the box. What's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> why, why don't you uh, open it and find out? Uh, Carapace, could you just stand between me and the box? <laughs> <laughs> just, just kidding. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, all right. Uh, I'll open it, I guess. But I'll keep all my sensors turned on. You will see... An oversized Zippo lighter. <laughs> uh, will you marry me, sweet spot? <laughs> what? I mean, <laughs> I mean, thank you, That's my friend. That's quite the uh, Hold on. I know that uh, that weapon is kind of archaic, but uh, I also got you the ammunition that goes along with it. And I'll hand him a carton of smokes. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> My lungs are starting to recover. It's terrible. You had lungs. Go on with your bad self. Well, balloons. Well, drawings of balloons on my insides, but, you know, you get the idea. Whatever makes you happy. This makes me very happy. Thank you. You just have a human chain smoker in each side, in the, each uh, half of your chest. <laughs> <laughs> 
they have the uh, the crazy straws going up to your mouth. So every time you put the cigarette up there, <laughs> what's well, like serious, <laughs> second serious right the movie, the frighteners. Yeah. And he's just like, he's like, you can't even smoke these cigars. He's like, yeah, you can just breathe in my face. <laughs> <laughs> I was accosted by some street crazy who was babbling about the five. The five. Mauritanius and Sasquatch and... Mauritania Monrovia. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the first one, Primus, Primus, I think his name was. Primus. Can, can you tell me about them? I was curious which one was the thumb, and the, and I don't know. I... I, I the. I think something's wrong with Carapace, but... but uh, uh, Hitchhikerus, wasn't that <laughs> I'll deal with mysticism. 21. Uh, yeah, it, it takes you a few minutes of, uh, of Carapace's odd description, but you put together that he's talking about... The, the guy was the freaking crazy, hand. man. I'm just saying what he said. <laughs> uh, the guiding hand is made up of five bots, uh, Primus... Uh, Adaptus, Epistemus, Solomus, and Mortillus. And it is one of the many creation myths that uh, Transformers believe in. Uh, supposedly, these five were the first five uh, Cybertronians that, that uh, evolved, and they guided the rest of the, the rest of the Cybertronians as they, uh, as they were born. Uh, Primus was the the like the 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 leader effectively. Uh, Adaptus was the first person to develop a transformation cog. Epistemus was the uh, like the embodiment of knowledge. Solomus was the embodiment of wisdom. Uh, and as the the myth goes, Mortillus was the embodiment of death. Uh, supposedly, they got into a war. Uh, several, you know, th several millennia after, uh, afterwards, as they 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 just start disagreeing with each other, uh, and Mortillus, the essentially the god of death, was was killed, and that is the reason why that Transformers don't die, or oh. again, one of the the many creation myths that they believe in. Ironic. That explains a uh, wild strike then, right? I mean, Mortillus was on a we, smoke we, break when you got shot. We can't, we can't <laughs> die. Death I don't know. I've seen a lot of. Death. I think we've proved the, the contrary quite a few times already. So with that, you guys take a rest for the evening, and the next day, uh, you all gather at the spaceport, and the Steel Haven is sitting. At its birth, waiting for you and its crew. And we'll see you next time. Gosh dang, that nice. is impressive to see on the ground. It's amazing that our ships can do that. Is it all shiny? From the secret files of Teletran 1, Empire of Rust is written and GM'd by Michael Ordway. Headmaster Magnum and his partner Pythagoras are played by Matthew G. Candidate Sweetspot. Representative of Velocitron is played by Adam H.U. The Decepticon Warrior, Wildstrike, is played by Mike M. And Carapace, the Beast Soldier of Primitive Eucharist, is played by Patrick Finn. Additional characters are played by Michael and Cassandra Ordway. Empire of Rust 
is supported by the humans and networks of planet Earth, whose online networks provide access to libraries of sound effects and music, such as Storyblocks, Zasplat, Blue Zone, and Dark Fantasy Studios. We are distributed by the Transmissions Podcast Network. Stay up to date with all the latest news and reviews in the world of the Transformers by going to transmissionspodcast.com or searching for the Transmissions in your podcast app of choice. You can communicate with the heroes of Iacon by joining us on the Transmissions Discord channel. There you can discuss episodes, talk to the cast, and download the rule set used in the Empire of Rust. Teletran 1, signing off.